Welcome back to the Property Management Show. Our guest today is Andrea Hardaway, the author of Property Management Freedom, Grow Your Property Management Company Without Burning Yourself Out. Not only has she done this successfully with her company, but their growth is so good that they have been rejecting acquisition offers left and right. If you want to replicate her success, you better keep listening. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have been helping property managers get more owner leads through marketing from websites, SEO, content, reputation management, paid ads, you name it. Visit fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. And now a quick word from today's sponsor. Now is the time to add pest coverage to your resident benefit package. CoverPest seamlessly integrates with your existing benefit package to give your tenants a world-class pest control service at a fraction of the normal price. Visit CoverPest.com today and mention this podcast to get your startup fee waived. You know, the idea to have you on the podcast came from your talk at PM Grow. You know, you um, were part of like this small panel talking about market consolidation. And it was very clear that your current path as an individual business is the best path for first property management. And you've been denying offers <laughs> to be acquired left and right. And there's no better way to describe that situation than the word success. Um, and so can you just share with our listeners a bit more about why this path is still the best path for you and your business? Yeah, thank you so much, first of all, for just having me. And I'm really thankful that anything I said at PM Grow would have resonated in a way to lead to today. So I'm, I'm extremely humbled by that. But yeah, so first property management, my partners and I started the company about seven and a half years ago. I've got two partners. And I mean, we literally started this from, from the ground up in a Panera Bread. I think we were sitting and they wanted to do this. And I was new. I, would, I hadn't even done my first real estate deal at the time. I didn't know what property management was. So it's been a really beautiful journey to see us to go and grow from just three people sitting at a table to now managing around a thousand doors and just having so many clients and having team members that have chosen to stay with us this long. So, you know, I've been asked several times, you know, why are you turning down offers? Well, first of all, I, I, yes, I'm turning down offers, but I'm not turning down conversations. I think it's just smart to have conversations. There's always something you can learn, but my partners and I are just not at the point where we agree that selling our company is quite the right thing. We've done a lot in the last two years in our journey. Um, we've, we've created an environment where my, my partners and I are free from the day-to-day -day operations of the company, yet we still run very stable operations. Our clients are satisfied. We've had some fluctuations in team members just because of changes, but it's, it's actually worked out okay, and I'm still friends with people, friends with people that may not, may no longer be with us. And I've met new people, but we've got some things in the works that we know is going to increase the value of our company. Not only are we going to be growing our portfolio as we expand, expand our radius of properties that we're touching because we're licensed in Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. So we're just now really getting our feet wet in Alabama and Georgia. We're starting to streamline and automate some processes. And then we've got a couple of other things that I can't quite share here, but 
all of those things do include ultimately the value, not just the value of the company, but the value of what we bring to the industry. And we just want to tease those things out and really see where they go. It's all very exciting. And part of a company success, you know, you said you have close to a thousand doors, you're expanding across state lines. And one big part of success as a property management business is good retention. And at PM Grow, I actually also had a talk where I said that, you know, it's one thing to retain someone, which is keep them from leaving, but it's another to make a brand ambassador out of a person. And when we spoke not too long ago, it was very clear that first property management considers that as an important thing, creating brand ambassadors and not just with your owners, but you also said you create brand ambassadors out of your residents and even employees. Can you uh, share with our audience members kind of like what that means to your company and um, paint a picture of what are the day-to-day things that contribute to creating brand ambassadors out of those three sets of constituents? Sure, absolutely. And and I will say, you know, one thing to make clear. So we've been in business for seven and a half years. We've never spent a dime of money on actual advertising for our business. So our growth has been entirely organic. It has been relationship based. And I think that's really important to point out because when you're basing your growth on relationships and it's organic, there's there's this certain amount of trust that must be protected in relationships. So our clients refer other clients to us. We have several clients that are that are out of state. Many are on the West Coast and seen Chattanooga as a hot market to invest in and now some of the surrounding, the surrounding areas. While they're doing deals with other people where they live and they're pointing them to Chattanooga. So we are getting to grow our client base just through those relationships. My partners and I are investors, so we think like investors. So we are not a fee-heavy company. We do have fees. I wouldn't have you be deceived. We wouldn't be in business if we didn't have fees, but there are certain things that we just do not charge for. So a lot of our clients come to us with a portfolio of properties. Um, Many property management companies utilize maintenance as a profit center. And I, and I think it is a great way, a great way to make money and to sustain a business. But to date, we have not upcharged on routine maintenance. So that is a pass through. We actually show the vendor's invoice to our clients. We don't put put it under, you know, do a markup, put it under our invoice and show it. We show the vendor's invoice. So transparency is really important to us because we know that in managing assets and getting those assets to perform to the level you need them to be, cost management is really, really important. And then building that trust is important. We we don't have any clients that are going that we know of that are going to our vendors outside of us saying, hey, you know, you did this for first property. Now I need you to kind of do this, do this behind the scenes. So that's not happening because of the trust. And I do believe our vendors would tell us, but to be quite honest, even if it was happening, if that's what's best for them and it doesn't impact our operations, then okay. So we want clients to really trust us. We want them to see the transparency and we want them to stick with us and tell others about us as we work with them to help their assets perform, right? Not just managing their properties, but helping their assets perform so that they are building wealth and able to meet their goals. 
from the tenant side of things, and I want to, we do have commercial and residential, but a bulk of our properties are residential. So I want to talk about residents. So we actually prefer to call our residential tenants residents. We actually don't look at it like we have this, this number of doors or units. We have this many homes that we are able and privileged to provide to the community. And that's really the mindset that we approach things that. So when you approach things in that way, your messaging tends to say that. And, and it's not just messaging on the website, it is what our team members are telling people when they actually call us. What we say to people in the community when we meet them, how we communicate to our residents when we inspect their properties. It is, it is with respect, it is seeing their house as a home and realizing that their home is just one part of a broader life that they live, but it is a foundational part. So we have to do our jobs in making sure that work orders are turned around very quickly, that inspections are done regularly, that if we get a call from someone who's upset, even if they don't get the answer they want, they should respect us and feel respected after the call ends. So this is how we approach things. So even if someone feels like, you know, I just can't rent from you all for whatever reason, we still want them to say, but I'm thankful I had that season. I had that season with you. Even our resident benefits package, admittedly, you know, we launched that a year or two ago. When we launched it, like many companies, we had pushback from some of our existing tenants. But at the end of the day, the pushback was really just concern and questions. So when we framed it to say, you know, we are actually offering services to help you have a better life in the home that you're in, then we found people being more receptive to it. Okay, so we talked about our clients, we talked about our residents, and now let me talk about my amazing team members, right? So I, I have this vision, and I, and I say this to the team all the time, and yes, I am that, that pie-in-the-sky person, but I create a vision for what I'd like to see because that is my North Star for how I should perform as a leader of our company, and that vision is that I want every single team member, literally when they get to the office, to be so excited to be there that they get out of their car and skip into the door with just the ultimate joy to be a part of our company. Has it happened yet? No, <laughs> not really. I mean, one person, I saw her skip down the hallway, but she was cracking up laughing. When Are she you skipping? <laughs> Are you leading by example and skipping into you know, the office? Tried. I've tried. I'm a little older now. <laughs> I do walk in. I do. I do walk in with a big smile. I do pay attention to my body language. I did try to skip, but I was really regretful of it for a couple of days. I'm really out of shape in some ways. <laughs> but but right, that's what you want. And I'm like, so how do you do that, right? Property management is a really difficult industry to be in, and it's it's not that it's uber complicated but it's just so much in it and it never stops. And it does come in waves, but it just never stops. So how do we create this atmosphere where our team members are joyful to walk into like the known unknown, right? How do we create this? So I have one-on-ones with my team. So let me tell you the structure. So I'm the president of the company. I am not involved in the day-to-day -day operations. I, you know, I, I work a few hours a week and then sometimes I'll do projects and work a little more if I want to, you know, and, it, and it's enjoyable to me, but I, I have a director of operations. 
who is running the day-to-day -day, and we have a manager, we have portfolio managers that work with our clients and do leasing. And then we have a, have a team that does resident relations, administration and accounting. So the, the, the director and I have to be in lockstep, right? Because if he and I aren't seeing it the same way, then it's just not gonna work. The reality is I can go into a team meeting and I can be as happy as I wanna be but if I leave and don't come back for five days and my director is not bringing that same joy, then all I did was give a moment of probably silent frustration and probably a few remarks after I walk out the door. So I try not to be like that. I try to be very realistic on expectations. I do tell the team if there's something I'm not pleased with, but I also tell them when I'm excited. I have one-on-ones. So you asked Marie like specific things that I do. I actually have skip level one-on-ones with our team. So that is their time to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And that stays between me and them unless it's something like really critical that I have to share. And then I'll tell them, hey, I have to share this. This is what I wanna say. Do you feel comfortable with that? And we, we go from there. Every six months, we also do a net, an internal NPS, net promoter score survey. So this is used in customer service and service-based businesses just to get a pulse on whether or not the people in your organization are, are actually supporting and rallying and being an ambassador for your company, or if they're kind of being a detractor and, and pointing business away from you. So we ask them questions like, you know, are we getting better than we were six months ago? Would you refer your friends and family to come and work for our company? So these are the things that we ask, and then we actually sit and talk about it. And, and I try to do things to let them know that we've actually listened to their concerns. And then the last very specific thing that I'd like to share, because if, if other property management companies are not doing this, I absolutely recommend it. So within property management, not every person is out in the field. They're not. Some people work in the office or work from home and, you know, they never get to see like the actual properties you manage. So we do team building events from time to time where we'll actually close the office for a day. We give everyone plenty of notice that we're going to be closed. We'll do a, some sort of team event in the morning. The last one we did was a cooking class. So we it was like a three hour cooking class we did together. We prepared lunch and, you know, we had fun. And then we went on a band tour. And we actually drove by on the outside of several of our properties that we manage. And we actually went inside to tour the properties that we have listed, as well as the ones that are going to be turned. And we did that because we think it's extremely important for them not to just think of an address, right? But to think that this is a physical place and space that someone will call home. So it is our job to make it homely. I really like that idea of it's one thing to humanize a client or humanize, you know, a resident. It's another to the word humanize isn't fitted, but it's like, it's not just an address. It's not just a number. It's like, oh, this space will be a home someday. If I am part of the team that will turn this property, I noticed that there's kind of suit from candle lights on the roof, like I better make sure like that gets clean because I wouldn't want that. I, exactly. I really like that idea. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Bringing it to life. That's it. That's it. And, and, 
And it's, you can't create empathy in others, but you can create moments that allow people to become a bit more empathic, right? At least for that specific scenario. So I think that's what we're trying to do. And believe me, like I said, we're, we're not perfect. I mean, we've gotten some Google reviews recently that just make me cringe. And all of those things we actually talk about, we're putting processes in place. So more of those positive stories will go, will go to the forefront. But I think the most important thing is for us to just be understanding. Sometimes, I mean, rightfully so, people are not pleased with something that happened. And sometimes it's just sort of their perspective and maybe they're taking, taking something out on us. But it's still our job to try to listen and to try to come to a solution and to see them as human, <laughs> you know, and not just a voice on the other end of the phone. So I, I think that was a perfect way, a perfect way to frame that. I don't know what else to ask because you covered everything. <laughs> um Something I was thinking of when we last spoke, you um, you mentioned a little bit about stuff that you do within the community. Yes. Can we talk a little bit about that? Can you share with the listeners like what what kind of, I don't know if tactics is the right word, but um, that sounds kind of bad <laughs> when you're yes. giving back tactics. Um, <laughs> what kind of tools do you provide or what kind of engagement do you have or does your company have within the community? Yeah, so this is absolutely a part of our strategic plan. And, you know, last year was all about, you know, stabilizing and optimizing, systematizing. And those are things I talk about in my book, just sort of getting a strong business so that my partners and I can step away and be more strategic. Well, now that we have the capacity to step away and be strategic, we actually have time to say, okay, how do we go outside of the walls of our company and make sure that we're making a bigger and bigger and bigger impact, even with those who don't exchange dollars with our company, right? I think we have a responsibility to contribute to the community in a positive way. And property management companies are uniquely positioned to do that, especially when it comes to housing and just people's general quality of life. So a couple of things that, that we are doing at my company, and, and I'm representing in some spaces and some of it is just sort of strategic. So one, um, I've now joined some nonprofit boards in the area and all of them with the positions I'm in are related to real estate and development and, uh, and affordable housing in the area. So I am the vice chair of the board of the Chattanooga Neighborhood Enterprise. I am newly on the board of the Community Foundation of Greater Chattanooga, and I'm working with them on impact investing and, and accelerator funding for some of the smaller, smaller privately owned businesses, which are the bread and butter of this country, I, be, I believe. And then I'm also on the board of the Chattanooga Design Studio, which focuses on urban design and development within the city, just making it a great livable place for all as we continue to grow and expand. In addition to being on those boards, I have the opportunity of being on the advisory committee for something called the EPI. That is the Eviction Prevention Initiative. People side-eye me. <laughs> like when I introduce myself and I'm, you know, I'm Andrea Hardaway. I'm from First Property Management. Well, they're looking because it's like, okay, but you're the one evicting people. How can you be here on an for an eviction prevention initiative. But the thing about it is like, we, we take no joy in evicting people, you know, like that's, we realize the, the, 
the hardships people are going to face when they are transitioning from one place to another, especially if they didn't want to. Now, if I were to say we take no joy from no longer having to deal with difficult people, that would be a lie. None of us like dealing with difficult people, but like we don't take joy in the, the circumstances overall. So one of the things that I'm pushing with the eviction prevention, eviction prevention initiative is for them to begin to look upstream. So we talk about how can, you know, the impact my company can have on the community. If you really think about it, property management companies have information well before the eviction occurs. From the first time someone is late making a payment, if we find out utilities are turned off, if they become delinquent on that, they're, they're, I forget the statistic, but there is a correlation between the probability of eviction versus someone starting to be delinquent on their utilities, right? They're going to pay their rent first, even if they don't have a like have a light in their house. So their utilities are getting turned off. So there's a strong probability probability of that. If someone who's typically like really open and, and really appreciative of your team all of a sudden doesn't want maintenance coming into their home for one reason or another, well, they may be scared that they're going to get charged for tenant cost damages. Or maybe something has happened with their family and their home is disheveled. Or, you know, maybe someone's been injured and they're not working. You know, it could be something they don't want you to see. So there's, there's a book called Upstream. I, I, if you all put this in the podcast, I hope you'll get the author's name for me. I believe it's Dan Heath, but the book is called Upstream and it really talks about getting ahead of the issues. So the, the book opens up saying, talking about, you know, there are these children kind of floating down the river, basically drowning. And these people keep jumping in the river to pull the children out, jumping in to pull them out, jumping in to pull them out and save these children's lives. Well, one person saw the children going down and started running upstream. And everyone's like, what are you doing? These children are drowning. He says, well, I'm trying to find who's throwing them in the river to begin with, right? So I'm getting upstream to stop the problem so we don't have to rescue the children. So that's how I look at eviction prevention. How do we get upstream of that issue and stop that? Right, the same thing with homelessness or new homelessness where people end up, you know, they can't afford rent. So they are living on people's couches or sleeping in hotels. These are things like issues were happening way back when. So what can we do? Not singul singularly, because it's not just us, but what can we do in the community to not like just do like handouts, but to actually see indicators and to start rectifying those things to send people on the right path. And then the final thing that I'm that I'm personally interested in, as well as my company, is affordable housing and housing overall. So I am on a mission. I am actually building my personal network in town, talking with private developers to come up with creative ways to create affordable housing in Chattanooga. It is a very, very difficult problem if you don't just have free money flowing, but we are working on that privately, which of course is going to bring clients to first property management. And then from the housing perspective, how do we turn our residents into homeowners if that's where they want to go? So our resident benefits package is maturing to do things to set them up to own a home. And we are actually building a partnership with an organization now to help them go through the process of improving their credit and qualifying for a mortgage if that's what they choose to do. So that's just a part of the community impact strategy that we had. And I know I said a ton of stuff, but I'm... I'm so passionate about this 
And I want to see other owners and brokers doing this in their community. I don't want to just see us making real estate deals. I want to see us making real estate deals in order to make a real difference in the communities we serve. Yeah. And I feel like it's obvious that the the reason you're, you're getting involved in the community isn't necessarily to improve owner retention or tenant retention or employer retention, but do you feel like the work that you do either directly or indirectly impacts that to some extent? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I do. I, you know, the more we do this, the more our company is getting on the radar for things that we never would have thought we would be on the radar, on the radar for. So people tend to gravitate to people, right? People do business with people, people that they like, that they know, that they trust. And when they see that we are actually out here doing good or the greater good, it gives them the opportunity to get to know us as individuals. And to see someone like me or my partners, Brian or Randy, out in the community engaging in this way, it humanizes us. It, it really does. Like we are not this fortress that can, you know, that just no one can break through. We are actually people who care. We have ideas. We take risk of looking stupid when we throw ideas out because we care that much about the community. So I, I think if anything, our current clients are starting to see it. Like we haven't had the conversation with them exactly to say, this is everything that we're doing. So right now I say we're still in discovery mode and we're starting to drop some nuggets and get involved, but we will start rolling out opportunities for our, for our clients. I mean, a beautiful story during COVID, people started having issues. They were losing their jobs, not getting paid. I mean, there, there were like moratoriums put on evictions, but people were still getting behind. And we had one client, just such a beautiful soul. Seriously, he inspires me. He actually paid the rent for some of his clients. Like he took money out of his pocket and put it towards their rent on their ledger so that we would get paid and, you know, his business would get paid as well. But he did that because the way he views people as like people with a broader life and a broader story that that is connected, we are all connected in some way, like their life mattered to him. And that matters to me. And those are the types of clients that I want us to attract. And, and if they aren't that type of client, I hope they'll grow into that. Because I, I think that there is an opportunity to do like, to do very, very well financially while doing a whole lot of good in the community. They don't have to be two separate things. You can be motivated with motivated by money, but committed to the community. And those things can be married and work together in harmony. So I'm really hoping that more people, more people will do that. I, I'll tell you, we've had tenants that were behind on rent. And I know for a fact, an employee paid, paid someone's rent to wow. help them out so that they wouldn't get behind. They were on a fixed income. They had a hard month before they didn't want to see them struggle. So it's, I don't require that. I'm not even supposed to know that, you know, but it's beautiful when those sorts of things happen because you care. And it's, it's funny sometimes, admittedly, people talk to me and they're like, oh gosh, you're so pie in the sky, optimistic, super positive, and you know, you're being ridiculous and you're naive. And you know, I'm not naive at all. <laughs> I'm really not, I just genuinely care. And my life's mission is to do good in legacy making ways. 
So everything I do, everywhere I go, every person I connect with, I hope that I'm leaving a seed of good. Even if the decision or the direction wasn't comfortable to them or to me, there are ways that it can be good in the long run. So that's how I live my life. That's how I'm encouraging my team to be. And that's the culture that I'm now responsible for creating to enable and empower my team to operate in the space of good. Yeah, I love that. It's like, just because there's a bad situation doesn't mean you have to approach it with a negative attitude. It's like, bring the positivity, try to address it at, in, and leave it in as good of a way as you can to leave that little spark. I really like that. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, profitability is probably the number one question in our listeners' minds. Like, oh, if you are busying yourself with community building and being part of all these initiatives that, quote, have nothing to do with the business, technically, how are you profiting, right? Like, is that not just your personal wants to make a difference and that's separate from business? Like, how do you protect profitability for the business? when you and your partners are kind of out there doing these other advocacies. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think profitability is important because it allows us to stay in business and to create these opportunities for the team members that that are choosing to share their careers with us. But I want to just go back to the structure of our company. So we are actually living the life that business owners should want to live. And that is a life of freedom. I mean, seriously, the way our company is structured, I can go out of the country for five months and come back and we would not have missed the beat because we have a great director. We have a great manager. We have portfolio managers that are taking care of the client's needs. But even above that, we've actually got KPIs that we use to manage the business Profitability is one of those things that we are looking at on a monthly basis. We pay attention to the trends. I can look at that whether I'm here or whether I'm out feeding the homeless or, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. So profitability is something that we that we look at on a very, very regular basis. We also look at our client retention. We look at also we look at these things and we make adjustments as we need to. So I, you know, it's not that we're we're so far away from the business that we're not paying attention to the business, but we have empowered our director of operations to really speak and act on our behalf and to help manage things. We also do have a financial reserve. So um, we actually um, for our owner, for our owner distributions, if you have not read the book Profit First. That is a book that I highly recommend, and I have heard some other property management companies talking about it, but we do that. So we pull out profit first. So we we have a capital reserve available in case our business ever did ever did get in trouble. My partners and I are able to get paid. Taxes are going to be paid. And then we've got operating margins and a budget that we actually that we actually work to. So so I I don't think it's a matter of like being a being away doesn't mean losing control right? We're away doing things that actually directly or indirectly benefit our company, sometimes in the short term. I mean, my partner went to some meetup to talk about something the other day and he like catches clients. Like he, this is what he does for us. And some, sometimes it's in the long, it's in the longer term, 
right? So we are we are doing those sorts of things. And then we are also still investing ourselves and we're partnering with other people. And then of course, we're gonna self-manage. We're gonna manage the properties that we own. And sometimes we sell those, but then they stay, stay with us for management when we sell them to someone else. I've got a property that I'm about to do that with now, <laughs> you know, one of my own properties. So I, so it's not, I, I don't think we, sh I don't think those two things are separate, right? Doing things in the community yet taking care of business. I think you can do both. And I just fundamentally do not believe that as a business owner, you are required to spend 40 hours a week in a business in order to keep it under control. I mean, that's why you literally wrote the book. You mentioned freedom, right? <laughs> That's right. I literally wrote the book. I, I, I wrote the book and, you know, the subtitle, and thank you for that lead in, but the subtitle is Grow Your Property Management Company Without Burning Yourself Out. I mean, and that's what it's about. And I, without going into too much uh, detail, I have a very, very difficult family issue that I'm dealing with right now that my family and I are dealing with, and I am in it every single day and it is a lot. So right now, like I'm not even seeking seeking joy and seeking this, I'm, I'm seeking balance every single day, just balance, you know, but I was afforded the opportunity because there did come a time when I had to step away for a couple of months to deal with that family issue. I, you know, I didn't go to a conference that I was supposed to speak at. We had to reschedule, you know, reschedule the interview, but because I had the freedom to do that, we didn't lose a dime of money with me with me stepping out. So I think it's important for us as business owners and, and brokers or whatever our role is to create an environment where we can step away and things will still run, where we can refuse to burn out, but still know <laughs> that we're gonna make money, make money that month. So the infrastructure des described in the book is, I mean, it is the process that my partners and I went through. And when we were going through it, I didn't write it out as an infrastructure and say, this is all what we're gonna do. But because I've done this in other places, even before property management, I was challenged actually to sit down and say, okay, like, how am I looking at this? You know, ha I had people saying, teach me how you can do this. So I literally just wrote the book. <laughs> wrote the book yeah. on it and, and I hope people that get it will enjoy it and more than anything if, if they haven't found the way to get a bit of freedom from their business I hope they will know it's possible after reading the book which statistically people only read like 10% of the book so I hope that it, <laughs> it is actually written for them not to have to read the whole thing in order to start getting those ideas and not just the ideas but to have the capacity to implement those ideas and be able to enjoy life a bit better and have the balance that I think we all seek. Yeah, that's really amazing. And what I got from this conversation was you and your partners, you're doing so many things that are so good that's, le that's leading to your success. And that includes taking care of your people, making sure that they're not burnt out, because even you and your partners aren't burned out. And in turn, they're able to have the capacity to have empathy for the residents, for the owners that you work with. And your advocacy in the community is also creating uh, the situation where your brand is getting in front of 
groups of people that would otherwise either not even give you an attention or have a negative connotation attached to the property management piece of the industry. So wonderful, wonderful insights. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and you summed it up absolutely perfectly. Thank you. And that's all we have for today's episode of the Property Management Show brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we've been helping property managers get more owner leads through marketing from websites, SEO, content, online reputation, paid ads, you name it. Visit fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. And as always, feel free to send your feedback, questions, and comments to us by emailing marketing at fourandhalf.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review on the listening app of your choice. Thank you and see you next time.